everybody Gathering near The doctors in the house So lend them your ears The things he can say Might even make your day He might even help your Dr. Jerry, each and every week, bringing you medical news that you can use and medical news you will not find on the mainstream outlets. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome tonight, and uh, we're going to be welcoming Dr. Sheila McKenzie a little bit later uh, on the program, and what a great uh, credentials that she has. Before we get started, you know, we have, a, we have, have to have an attitude of gratitude because gratitude improves our quality of life. It is an antidote for all the negative emotions that we have surrounding us in this day and age. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never advise or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome and and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making us a very successful uh, podcast. Uh, We are now on Spotify. They have accepted this podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and uh, we are in uh, mainly, let me look here, uh, the United States is 89% of our listeners, Canada 3.3%, UK 1.37%, the rest uh, scattered through Europe, which is a couple more percent. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, and I want to thank our, our, our recent uh, guests. I mean, we have had gangbusters of guests recently. I mean, we had uh, uh, Dr. Jerry last week talking about his new book. We had Dr. Murdoch talking about CBD. We had a program on inflammation and how it can cause debilitation and chronic diseases. Uh, we had a great program on uh, fish antifreeze. In other words, fish oil supplements by Professor Peskin, uh, a, a dynamite program, uh, February 26th of this year. Uh, if you have time and you want to listen to another to a, a podcast, that would be a great one for you. Dr. Tietelbaum, uh, he, he was on talking about diabetes is optional, and so is fibromyalgia. We had Dr. Russell Jaffe talking about his five key strategies to stay healthy. Dr. Nye on removing pain. Dr. Sims on movement disorders. Uh, it goes on and on and on. I want to thank everybody for that. And before I introduce Dr. Jerry, let me just say, 
talk about computers because this this is something that you see, but you don't know really what's going on. And I want to just bring you something that uh, about computers and how you, they can bot your treatment and maybe send you to an early grave so you don't get a chance to use all the information you heard of this program. So, you know, you finally get your appointment, you get to see your physician, and what's he got? He's got his head buried in a computer screen, and he clicks away and swipes, and he, and he probably uh, did really great in his, uh, uh, his typing course. He doesn't, he doesn't even make eye contact with you. So this digital age, ladies and gentlemen, has drained all the care out of healthcare. There is not much care left in our healthcare system. A decade ago, the government bankrolled the adoption of new software for your doctor and every other medical provider for them to use. They wanted to digitize your medical records. Supposedly, it would be better, safer, and cheaper, and there would be less medical errors. Well, there's a new expose out, and it is really grave. The dangers of this new technology are unprecedented. You could be misdiagnosed, prescribed the wrong drug, prescribed too much or too little of the right drug. Your doctor could order a, a test for you, and that could never happen. The lab results can just disappear into the atmosphere. And these new electronic medical records, ladies and gentlemen, according to this, re this report, are killing patients. So behind closed doors, everybody's pointing fingers at each other. And no one will publicly accept one bit of blame. But here's the truth. In 2009, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act established Electronic Health Incentive Program. That's the EHR, Electronic Health Records. They promised going digital would save lives, but something I'm telling you went wrong. Software glitches, users' errors, and other flaws across the board have been tied to thousands of patients' death and injuries. Even if the software worked perfectly, your doctor might not know how to use it or get it to talk to ones at other locations like the lab or the emergency room. And instead of saving money, these computer programs can actually make it easier for your provider, guess what, to overbill you. One of America's leading sellers of, these records, of this type of record software has just been forced to pay 100 and $55 million to the government for making fraudulent claims about what its software can do. Well, this problem, uh, it goes way beyond, uh, according to this report, way beyond dishonesty. It's a corporate cash grab with more than 700 vendors jumping at the chance to create and sell these, these systems. It created a $13 billion a year industry. And what do they focus on? Pitching medical providers and, and, and making false promises on what it delivers. The switch has now been made, get this, by a whopping 96% of hospitals. And 850,000 American health providers are using these EHR. The FDA doesn't currently, currently require anyone to report a problem. The agency has zero oversight over this industry, but providers are having so many serious issues, they're filing complaints anyway, anyway. in a database that's intended just to complain about medical devices. So experts estimate that incidents are severely underreported. 
because every medical provider who uses this technology, get this, ladies and gentlemen, is under a gag order like the mafia. Look, I'll be the first to admit that handwritten notes have never been perfect. The use of paper charts has its own problems. But I'm telling you right now, it's more important than ever for you to get access to your medical records and keep a paper copy with you at all times for emergencies. Request them from your doctors today before you need them. Maybe you can get them through a patient portal or, and download them from there. But And if anything looks not right, looks off, start asking questions because you want to raise the flag about any test you shouldn't have received but didn't. Or allergies or other risks that are missing from your file. So these these defective digital files, I think, are going to be ditched. But in the meantime, to play safe, get paper copies uh, of your records. With that, let me introduce co-host Dr. Jerry Smith, and um, he'll introduce our next guest. Well, it's a pleasure to be on, and they're going to have to come out with a new CPT code because he, he died of a computer glitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they'll come out with it as long as they can, as long as they can bill for it. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you can have a short uh, death glitch or an extended death death glitch. <laughs> <laughs> require, require multiple multiple checkups. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so anyway, is, is Dr. McKenzie online? You have her on? Yes, I think she's online. Okay, great. Uh, I met Dr. McKenzie. A number of years ago and very impressed with this woman's credentials. She actually started out as a, a dentist uh, and then when she uh, emigrated to Canada, uh, she then went into more natural medicine and uh, I'm impressed with her, her in-depth knowledge of natural medicine. In fact, and I have to believe that there's a tremendous resurgence that's taking place in natural medicine because, like you said, the system has, has failed. And what other alternative do people have? And, in fact, natural medicine is really traditional medicine. It's just been a, a mind game that they've played. So, anyway, Dr. McKenzie, she's a, a fantastic clinician, an educator, a lecturer, a researcher. She donates many hours of, uh, of her time working with third world uh, people. And she, in fact, she just came back from uh, a, a medical trip, uh, which you'll probably mention to us about. So anyway, without further ado, um, we'll have Dr. Sheila McKenzie um, give us some background on what she's been doing and where she's going. Thank you, Dr. Smith, for having me on this marvelous, wonderful show. I hope I can make you proud of what I'm saying. I'd like to just introduce myself in addition to what Dr. Smith have said. My my background as a child growing up was, was really natural medicine. As you know, most of us, we grew up in a time when we had more natural approach to what we were doing. Our foreparents and our grandparents, they had more natural approaches. So so that um, with that background and I entered dental school and all that and after many years, I, I start going back to my roots. How did we take care of ourselves at home? And so I just branched out and, and launched out into this wonderful world of natural medicine. So currently, I'm the, I'm the president of the World Organization of Natural Medicine. And, um, and I would like to just focus tonight on 
on principles and practices and excellence in natural medicine. Because to practice natural medicine involves a person putting on their thinking cap on a base, daily basis. There's no slackers within natural medicine. Natural medicine does not mean that you, you are just routine and every day you do a certain diagnostics and then you give a certain pill and that's it, that's the end of it. That's not how natural medicine works. As we know, natural medicine is mind, body, and spirit medicine. <coughs> and so the human, being, the human being being mind, body, and spirit has to be treated that way. We cannot practice natural medicine in any other ways. So the World Organization of Natural Medicine was, was forming about um, 2003 by myself and many other practitioners. The idea of the organization was to bring back natural medicine to the poor. Because a study was done and it was, um, it was revealed from that study that over the past 30 to 40 years now, and please stop me when you want to ask me any questions. Please feel to do so. <laughs> over the past 30, 40 years, natural medicine has experienced a resurgence in, in the developed world. But, but the very people who had natural medicine to begin with, the indigenous peoples of the earth and the poor people, what's happened to those people is that from the developed world, we, we force them to take our forms of treatments and we felt when we told them that what they're doing is not good and we basically forced certain ideas on them and so we took their medicine we bring it to north america we compound it we we, we make ourselves healthy and then those people are suffering so the organization was founded with those people in mind the mission of the organization is to provide access to, to traditional and humanitarian medicine geared towards underserved people and to promote humanitarian values through education. So the organization's strong emphasis is on education. Because if we focus on treating diseases, we are not going to be getting anywhere. We need to educate the masses. And it's our human right to have medicine that we can handle ourselves. Because if we if we um, focus on governments and the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places, we are not going to take care of the masses. We rather focus on the masses than focus on governments. That being said, the organization, the organization certified doctors at a certain level doctors of natural medicine, practitioners of natural medicines. And over the past few years now, we are certifying people to be health coach because those are the, the grassroots practitioners. If you type in health coaching on the Internet, you will see millions and millions and millions of it within a few seconds. It's mean that people are sick and tired of doctors, physicians, um, treatments. They're looking for a way out. They're looking for people to show them how to do it. People are ready to take care of themselves, but they need guidance. They need guidance to do what it is we are doing. And so we are pushing the health coaches at this time through the organization. People can, people can learn what they need to do within a short while and to take care of, of individuals out there who are suffering. Give them guidance. This is what they need. 
So our values within the organization, we do not believe that healthcare should be for profit to begin with. We seek to engage um, others and to who collaborate with our with our same mandate to provide healthcare to the underserved. We we regard all individuals as created and loved by God. This is our this is our rights to have medicine. These rights cannot be um, given to us by any any bodies out there, any professional bodies, any governments. We already got our rights and our marching orders from the Creator. Would you agree with me? That we have these rights already, <clears throat> and we just need to we just need to harness the power that was given to us by the Creator and do what it is we need to do. And it doesn't matter what laws they pass, what they do, they cannot touch us if we are educating the people. We just returned from a trip, for example, in we were in St. Lucia for a few days, and then we saw hundreds and hundreds of, of individuals. We did, our, we did health screening on all of them physical assessment, urine assessment, and all of that, we gave no medicine. All the medicines that are available for these people is within their backyards. So we actually show them what plants they need to do and in what amount they need to have it and to take care of themselves. If you hydrate yourself, you detox your body, you do a little bit of fasting, you use the herbs around you that is in your backyard, you are preventing diseases. And this is the emphasis of the organization, is to teach people how to take care of themselves. Because by the time we finish speaking here on this telephone and speaking on this radio show, millions of people have died. They're dying by the second for diseases that are completely preventable. Malnutrition. Malnutrition is what's taking down most people. It's not cancer. It's not diabetes. It's not arthritis. It's malnutrition. Because all of those diseases are related to the diet and the environment, which we can take care of. So people are actually overfed, but they're malnourished. They have resistivity in their cells. Nothing is going to the cellular level. They're malnourished. And the soils are depleted. And so we have to show people how to do these things, how to take care of themselves, how to get the micronutrients from the soil. So these are the techniques that we share with other individuals. And, um, and when you want to ask me any question, please please to do so if something is not clear to your readers. Yeah. Well, Sheila, I'd, I'd, like, yeah, I'd like you to address if someone in our listening audience wants to get some guidance, can they join the organization uh, and, and get a newsletter or information from the website? How, how can they get help from our organization? If, if someone in the organization or are, are non-practitioners who would like to get guidance, please contact us at the, um, the World Organization's website at www.wonm.org. There's a contact page there that you can send in. Your, your inquiries, and we also take supporting members, members who would like to support the organization and to see more of what we do can go to that website because the, the, the organization has 
several departments for it. For example, it has a, a department that certify doctors at a certain level. So as we said before, we certify them because we want to, to standardize education within natural medicine. We have our own university. It's the University of Humanitarian Medicine. So we have our own educational departments, and we have clinics for humanity international where doctors and interns can go and serve in 23 countries that we have under our portfolio and to, and to give back to the communities under the clinics for humanity, or you can arrange your clinics for humanity in your own backyard. It's amazing that, um, that people want to work under certain laws and under certain restrictions and scope of practices in, in North America and elsewhere, elsewhere in the developed world. But did you know that humanitarian medicine has no bounds? Every country of the world accepts humanitarian. Did you know that? If you enter any country of the world and say you're a doctor of humanitarian services, you have no blockage. No one is going to, no one is going to object to you coming in as a humanitarian in their country because that's what we do around the world and we have no, nobody objecting to us. No medical groups have objected to us so far, no governments, nobody like that because we are like doctors of natural medicine without borders. No one is objecting to what we do because mostly we are teaching people. And mostly so, we're, we're... Yeah. yeah, so Sheila, so, yeah, lay people can actually attend the, the yearly conferences up in Markham, Ontario, and it's wonderful. And actually, lay people can come and sit in on the lectures and, and learn uh, from the speakers, correct? We welcome, we welcome lay people, yes. We welcome supporting members and, and people from the public to just come and support us and also to just learn more about natural medicine. International so Sheila, and what we do, get educated. Sheila, this is Dr. Ron. Uh, how do you describe natural medicine? Well, I'm going to describe natural medicine according to the World Organization. Natural medicine, according to the World Organization, are all those systems of medicine that have long histories of, of um, hundreds and thousands of years and also those medicines that do not offer surgery or drugs. All other systems are considered natural medicine. Whether you, um, whether you do massage, whether you do acupuncture, whether you do traditional nutritional therapies, all medicines that does not offer drugs and surgeries are considered natural medicine. And, and what happens when you have a person that has a, acute appendicitis? Uh, you you would not operate on that patient. How would you handle that okay, person? Okay, so that so that person need to a person with acute appendicitis need to go and have drug surgery, have a surgery and be stabilized, and then after that see a natural medicine practitioner to maintain their health. Okay. So we're not saying that we're not saying that we do not embrace allopathic forms of medicine. We're just saying that according to the World Health Organization. 70 to 80% of the diseases in the world are completely preventable. And when you have acute conditions, there's a time and place for everything. You need to go and see the proper people for that, for, 
for the everyday maintenance of your health and to get guidance, you need the right practitioners to help you to do that. So when we say natural medicine, we're not we're not necessarily we're not necessarily screening out other forms of medicines. We're we're saying what we do is most on the preventative side of things. And there's times when you need drugs and surgery. My you background know, is actually in doing drugs and surgery. That was my background actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I have all these treatments. <laughs> so so basically you could take someone who has a gallbladder problem and with a proper diet and herbs and, and nutrients, uh, in many cases, you can uh, have the patient avoid surgery for a gallbladder. Is that correct? Of course. We can, um, if we put, um, if we get people on proper diets, changing their lifestyle, they can reverse a lot of health issues within themselves because we're talking about prevention. The human body is a healing machine. It's a machine like no other. But if we don't treat that machine right, then the machine is going to suffer. Suffer the consequence that we're not treating it properly. So if we if we reverse what we're doing in, in, in unhealthy lifestyle, diets and all of those things are included and take care of ourselves, then we will get the reward of good health. It's 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 a no brainer. It's a no-brainer to do the right thing. We're going to be rewarded with good health. So, Sheila, the the the, the pillars of uh, the natural medicine uh, organization is diet and lifestyle, and what else? And the environment. I'm sorry. We are we are going the organization is going to the to the World Health Organization mandates. That's what the World Health Organization says. So much of our um, diseases can be reversed by these methods. And if the World Health Organization said that or us to disagree. <laughs> you know? That is the diet, the lifestyle and the environment. We do have control over those things. And so if we if we practice these things we're going to eliminate a lot of our health issues. And also, can you comment on, we have recognition by the United Nations and also the Vatican, so we're not a second-rate organization. We're international. The organization, the the organization educational department is, um, is a member of the United Nations Academic Impact. It means we are certified to teach in third world medicines and other type of medicines because we are certified as a humanitarian organization. We are also endorsed under the Orthodox Knights Hospitallers. It's the first organization that made hospitals. Hospitallers as in hospitals that went back to the 1300s. We are also certified under St. Peter, the order of St. Peter and St. Paul as France and Belgium, also for humanitarian endeavors under our clinics for humanity. So under that organization, they certified us in 23 countries where, where they have jurisdiction. So any of our members can go and do humanitarian activities in any of those 23 countries. And so, so, so we are not a second-rate organization like that. We, we are certified under these entities as humanitarian organization. I'm a UNESCO certified educator. 
which means I, I am certified under UNESCO as an educator to teach people how to take care of themselves. Well, you know, Sheila, you one, of, yeah, one, one of the big benefits is that, you know, traditional medicine or dentistry uh, has no uh, legal jurisdiction over a member of our organization practicing natural medicine, which actually protects them. It protects them because it's not, it's not within their jurisdictions to, to stop people in this organization or to stop humanitarian people to do any kind of humanitarian activities or natural medicine activities. Because this is not, um, this is not under the jurisdictions of allopathics whatsoever. And so your scope of practice certify you under a certain organization to practice a certain thing. It does not certify you to practice traditional natural medicine. That is under the umbrella of this organization. And so if you're practicing traditional natural medicine and this type of medicine, you're not under their jurisdictions. You need to have a separate license, which we grant you, and we don't call it a license. It's called a certification. Certification means to set standards. License means to set boundaries. It's quite different. When you're certified, you have a certain standards within your education. And when you're licensed, you have boundaries in that you can't do certain things. You're, you're committed under the organization. So a free human being should actually be certified under these boards instead of being a restrictive license. Yeah. So, Sheila, switching, yeah, switching gears, if you had to uh, come up with uh, two or three basic lifestyle changes that our listeners could follow, what recommendations would you give? Well, first of all, people are dehydrated. They should start drinking more water and pure water, pure mineral water. They should start to change their diets, as you know. Everybody can, can benefit from change of diets. Everybody can benefit from stop looking on too much toxic TV and take certain toxicity from their surroundings and make sure that they have good bowel habits. All of these things are just simple that we need to do. And, of course, start movement, moving your body, exercise, sleeping, sleeping right. It's, it's all the things that your grandmother told you to do. We need to go back to the old-fashioned way, but so our ancestors worked and lived years ago before the electric lights. They would go to bed when the sun go down and wake up when the sun comes up. And when you go to bed, you sleep. You're not on a cell phone. So all of these things are impacting our health. And so we, we, need, we need to have educators just to, to, um, to make an assessment of where people are with their health and to, and to guide them. So we, Sheila. we want a world we want world educators that people can even access over the internet to, to guide them and tell them what to do. Uh, Sheila, this is Dr. Ron. I, and I applaud you for what you're doing. Uh, but I think history will show us that people that live naturally did not live as long as we're living now. Am I wrong? The reason why they did not, um, what, we're, what credit for people living longer, it's sanitation. Contrary to what, you're, what people are being told, that it's, it's drugs and medicine. 
It's sanitation that is responsible for people living longer. Sanitation and better nutrition and less stress in their lives. We're, so, we're if a person is working, a person is is working uh, in industry. They're living in in Manhattan, New York, or in Toronto. Uh, what? How? How can your advice help them? Well, we can um, we can hook them up with somebody that is um that is close to them. As we says, our organization is a humanitarian organization. We can we can connect them with a member in their area that they're willing to work with if that's what they want to do. If they want to switch their lifestyle and they're looking for guidance, then we can we can um, connect them with the closest guidance counselor that can help them with their with their programs. That's what we do. We we, we, um, we get somebody to to work with you over the internet, see where your shortcomings are, and to guide you and to help you. Okay, and just, just as a devil's advocate here, uh, how do you police your organization? How do you find people that maybe have lost their license and now want to be certified so they can really do what they did prior to losing a license, and maybe? They're using your organization as a cover. Well, we don't get people to lose, use our organization as, as a cover because they cannot um, they cannot practice allopathic me- medicine within this organization. It's not allowed. It's not um, the organization is not set up for getting people that lose their license and all of this. The organization is set up with a certain mandate, as I said before, to propagate natural medicine. To the underserved people of the world. Okay. So if they're willing to to practice and do things in a in a different way and to work and to work in harmony with nature, you are welcome. You are welcome to join the organization. You have to you have to actually change your mindset that you cannot cure anyone because it's the body that cures itself. We don't diagnose disease or, or treat diseases within the organization because we believe that the body can cure itself. What the body needs is an assessment. What did the old physicians did before, um, before we had all these machines? They did an interrogation. If you cannot do a proper interrogation of the, of the client and see where their, their health is coming from and how they arrive up where they are, they can't practice any kind of medicine. The answer is already in the interrogation and the physical assessments. You don't need a lot of tools to even do that. Well, no, it's interesting that, yeah, that yeah, yeah, Sheila, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, there was a study done a number of years ago where they analyzed 2,300 autopsy reports, and they discovered, I believe, it was like 76% of the correct diagnosis was made from the interrogation, from the, the medical history. <laughs> that's, that's how medicine was practiced for hundreds of years. It's the interrogation. The answer is in the interrogation. The new technology and the tools is, is just to, um, you're supposed to just use these tools as a measuring tool to say, how bad is it? You know how it is already, and you're just using the measuring tools to see, how bad it is, what is the extent of it, what is the percentage of it. But it's not that you don't know. You are supposed to know those things as a healthcare practitioner. What it is I'm looking on. 
based on the interrogation, based on the patient's history, based on their past family history. You can tell. So don't need tools to tell that. You can look on their tongue, you can look on their eyes, you can look on their fingernails, you can do some pulsing, some tappings with your finger. What do you need to know if a person has a sinus infection? You tap over the sinuses and you say, ouch. And you look into their, their nose and then they have a <laughs> It's not complicated to see what's going on with the person. Really. And then based on that, you're going to initiate certain actions that they can actually do at home. And if it's more serious, then you know what it is you need to do. But we're talking preventative medicines here. So, talk, so could you just describe to our, our listeners a very basic technique? You know, parasites are, are one issue that people think uh, doesn't exist. But in reality, I think it's about a third of the population has parasites it's now. More than a, it's, more, it's more than a third of the population. I would, oh, like, I to say, um, yeah. I would like to say four in every five people have parasites. It's more than that. Wow. It's widespread. All of us have certain kinds of parasites in the in the food that we eat, in the water that we drink, in the air that we breathe. Even breathing in certain areas, you can you can get certain type of parasites in the body. And we need so, to detox the body of parasites from time to time. Well, why don't you share with us one of your unique natural medicine techniques for eliminating parasites? You <laughs> really want me to say that? <laughs> It's the old-fashioned old turpentine cure. It is in the Merck Medical Manual, 1899. And I'm going according to Merck. I look into Merck when I want to treat people. It is in the Merck Manual, what you, how, you, how to cure parasites out of people. It's castor oil and turpentine. That's how you cure parasites anywhere in the body. A teaspoon of, of turpentine and a tablespoon of castor oil, you're going to get them... Rushing out of your body in any <laughs> orifice of the body, and you don't need a prescription for either one. <laughs> now you don't need a prescription, but be careful of the turpentine that you're using. It has to be um, it has to be organic, essential all type of turpentine. It cannot be just any old hardware store turpentine. There's a special <laughs> brand, <laughs> the one from the country. <laughs> Take the paint off too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I simple, love it. There are simple ways of taking care of yourself. You know, take care of some turpentine. Um, old time um Lugos Lugos treatments, old time methylene blue, blue treatments, old time cinnamon and nutmeg and all the old treatments. They're still there, they're not gone anywhere. We have traded the good Remedies for what? Things that does not work nowadays. Things that are so toxic to your body. So we need to go back to simple, simple assessments of people's health and give them what is accessible. Poor people need what is accessible. Things that is not too expensive. This is what the organization about. Kitchen medicine, so, we call them. Kitchen so medicine. Sheila, were you talking about methylene blue and treatment of malaria or anything else? Something else? Pardon me? You were saying using methylene blue. I mean, we talk about this on this podcast a lot, and we I use it mainly. Did you not say methylene blue? I'm sorry. Yes, I did. I did. I said I did not know that you're talking about methylene blue on your, trip, uh, we, on your show. 
But yeah, we do. That's one medicine that we use for our third third world medicine. It's it's inexpensive. You can get it at the at the pet store. We 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 get gallons of this thing. And do you what do, what do you use it for? I'd be interested. We use it as a, as a uh, uh, preventative for Alzheimer's, but what what do you use it for? Methylene blue is a can be used for urinary tract infections. You look into the Merck manual; everything is there. It can um, it can use for wounds. We we um there is a procedure that we use in, in the dental practice and I noticed one day I noticed I looked into the package it's called Perrier Wave and then I look into this Perrier Wave and we are buying one ampule of this Perrier Wave and then we use it for the laser for, for gum disease pockets and when I look at it I say well the ingredients is metal in blue I say what you're selling one packet of this, this thing to, to irrigate a gum pocket for 50 bucks for 50 bucks you're selling the little packet and so I went down to the pet store and buy a whole gallon of the thing and, and put a few drops in the in the water and irrigate my patients from pockets. I said, What? <laughs> so <laughs> they are packaging <laughs> they are packaging some of these old fashioned medicine, they put some fancy labels on it and then <laughs> they're telling you otherwise, you know. This is what they're doing. They're doing money grabs out there. <laughs> so all of these old fashioned medicines, they're there but they um they sometimes they repackage them. So we do use some of the, the, the inexpensive old-fashioned medicines along with, with what is easily accessible in your kitchen and your backyard. Those are the best way of treatment because when there's going to come a time when they're going to grab the nutraceuticals and they won't be available, I can see it coming. They're already grabbing the cannabis. What do you think they're, where do you think they're going with that? In a few years, you won't have it available. They will tell you that only certain people are, are entitled to prescribe it. So if we can can harness the power and know what it is to, to use that is a replacement for anything that is inexpensive, you can do it. There is more there are more CDC than in, 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 in emp oil than, than cannabis. There's lots of ways of using emp oil to get the same results. So what is the big hype on cannabis? It's been around in, in homeopathic textbook for 200 years already, but seems to be a big deal now because it can make a few bucks here and there. That's, that's what it is all about. So we just generally, yeah. Yeah? just explain some of the the natural herbs that people would have access from that, that they can go, you know, to a, a health food store and, and just get some basic herbs like garlic or uh, lavender or whatever. Yeah, well, they don't have to go to the health food store to go, to go and get some, gar- to get some garlic. They get good organic, gar- California organic garlic, and, um, and you put it in a bottle, and if you, and if you contact us at the World Organization, we give you some recipes. <laughs> you put it in a bottle, and you put some alcohol in it, and, and you save it here for two weeks, and lo and behold, you have the most powerful medicine. You do the- Hello? Hello? <laughs> There's a noise. Yeah. You make your own medicines from onion, your medicines from garlic, your medicines from thyme, your medicines from sage. You need about 10 different medicines in your own medicine cabinet that we can show you how to make it yourself. We, this is what we did when we went on our humanitarian outreach trip. We said to these people, look, 
All of these, you add mango leaves, you have lime leaves, you have sour soft, which they call graviola. We were going outside and showing them all the trees and said, these are all the medicines. They were actually amazed. I said, yes, they're here. Moringa trees so big and tall. How can you have anemic conditions and protein deficiency and all these problems with Moringa tree in your backyard? You use the leaves as salads. You can even boil the bark. You can use the, um, the seeds to get essential fatty acids. Everything is in this plant. And it's just growing and the leaves are just falling and the people say that they have no medicine. Can you believe it? Huh. This is what is going on around the world. They have, um, they have disempowered people around the world. So people, are, people lose the ability to help themselves. They do not know how to do it. And so this is what we need to teach people how to take care of themselves. And the, the moringa supposedly has every nutrient that the human body needs. Everything is there. We were amazed. This guy says, I have a big Naringa tree in my backyard. I did not know that it can do all of these things for me. I say, yes. Look on your feet. It's swollen. Go home and get some of this leaves. That's <laughs> 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 amazing. <laughs> See, people, there are things around about so people do not understand how to take care of themselves anymore. And this is what we do. So if anybody would like to, to get more training, they can contact us at WONM.org for the general public who would like to, to harness this power of taking care of themselves. We do have practitioners who can help you with that. And for practitioners who would like to become members and to be certified under one of our subboards as doctors of natural medicine or integrative medical doctors, we do have boards under the organization subgroups the Board of Natural Medicine Doctors and Practitioners of North America, and the Board of Integrative Medicine. Those are our, those are our certifying sub-entities under the organization. They can contact us if they want to be certified, or they can contact us if they want to be a humanitarian doctor, doctors of humanitarian services, practitioners of humanitarian services, and we also have a pastoral health counselor, certification and we do accept supporting members within the organization those are the various groups that we that we accept within the organization just as an issue how has our organization been accepted uh, by the medical community uh, like in Toronto for example or Canada we have not had any problems with the um, with the medical community whatsoever because we are, um, as I said before, the medical community. The medic when you are certified as a doctor of natural medicine, and you are practicing traditional medicine, I like the law in Canada actually because the um, the medical profession here they, they spell out what is the scope of practice of medicines here in Toronto. I don't know if you know it. The scope of practice has cer- of medical doctors has certain limitations. And when they go over that scope of practice, they have to go and register and do what it is they want to do elsewhere. So we have not had any any problems with the medical community because the medical community says those are natural medicine people <laughs> and they know that they're allopathic people and we're not doing anything in their scope of practice. 
we do not practice allopathic medicine. Those were certified practice natural medicine. We we have no problems, and so we have a protective um, um, umbrella for people who are licensed and want to practice natural medicine. On certain days, they are they are practicing under their professional license, and on certain days, they are practicing under their natural medicine certification. So we have not had any problems with any practitioners so far over the, over so many years. We have not had this problem. Well, and just in general, I have to say that the people that I've met at the the meeting uh, are all from the heart. I mean, you have people that are, that are sincere. They're not looking to hustle anybody or sell anything for, to people. They they really are looking for a humanitarian purpose in life. And uh, and it's just a wonderful feeling. I know uh, Dr. Sims, who was on our radio show not too long ago, uh, said to me in private, he said, you know, it was such a a breath of fresh air to go to a meeting and, and not feel this uh, political stress and nonsense that you get at your traditional, you know, dental or medical meeting. So uh, I think exactly. it's a real big plus. Yeah. We're such a, um, we're such a humanitarian group and we're such a, a group. We, we, we are moving forward with, with one mission is to, is to help mankind and to help mankind in a certain way. And we're not, we're not divided like that. We are not, we're not offering anybody. We're we're just helping people. That's all we do within the organization. And so we're just hoping to that we need to leave our footprint to to help others. That's our only mission on this earth is to be our brother's keeper. That's all our mission. We might think our our mission is to is to be famous, and our mission is to to make us lots of money as we can, but that's not our mission in this earth. Our mission is to help each other. That's our basic mission, is to serve God and to help each other. And so nobody can take away that right from you to help your brother. Nobody. Nobody can, through any any laws that they might institute, take away the right for you, for one human being to offer to offer advice to another human being. They have not reached that yet. They have not. So we do, um, this is why we focus on the education. Because if you are educating people about your health, there's no laws whatsoever. There's no laws that is in, 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 in place that says you cannot educate or you cannot speak to your neighbor or you cannot educate another human being. There's no law like that on the books. Not even in medical books. There's no laws like that. Well, I know Sheila, you teach you teach a number of classes uh, independently or under the organization. Is that, is that correct? I teach a number of professional development. I teach a number of. I need, teach professional development courses under under the Canadian College of Humanitarian Medicine as um, as continuing educational courses. I'm also one of the supervisors of the research program, the degree in natural medicine, PhD degree programs. If people want to do a research based on the fact that we have a university, individuals can get a research, a PhD research, um, a PhD awarded for their research or enter into a fellowship because we have this, um, this ability to give a, a degree for research because our academic charter under St. Peter and St. Paul and they are the university under the church. So we use we use their um we use a charter 
so we can offer degrees according to the European standard of education. So it's not your it's not your traditional degree as in going to a as in going to a traditional university. It's a degree for research work and that research is to is to enhance the research department of the organization. That's what it is. So therefore if we if I do a research here and somebody down in some place in Africa would like to 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 get some research information of, on what I did, they can access it through the organization. So it's to enhance the organization research capabilities and to have material ready for other people within the organization and elsewhere to use. And so as a result of you doing this research, then you're awarded a research degree. So we are a very unique organization in that regard. So the emphasis is on, on education. So you can do research, for example, if you're a practitioner with background in traditional medicine, they, they need to they can do research in things like disease of poverty, um, community restoration, childbirth management, those kinds of those kinds of degrees. And then um if you're a medical professional by background you can you can go and do some more research on botanical medicines, homeopathy, rural medicine, traditional eclectic medicine. How do you go about these types of medicine? You might be you might want to go into research and do these things. And as a result of you but these research, these degrees are not offered to the public. Let us be clear that on that. The organization, the university that we have do not offer degrees to people from the public. You have to be a member of the organization at some level, and then you want to go into research, and as a result of doing this research, you will receive a research degree because we have the ability to confirm a degree based on our university charter. So we don't advertise that kind of education to the public. That's not what it is. So first you have to be a member to participate and to get that kind of it's like a member's benefits. Understand? So basically that's what people need to do. If they want to go further and understand something more, they can they can contact us and our upcoming conference, Humanitarian Health and Natural Medicine Conference two thousand and nineteen is in October. 26 to 27 here in Toronto, Toronto Markham area. That's it's a, good information. Good information. Good. Yeah, no, that's, so I, I, think you, I think you should repeat that. Forward to having your. I think you should repeat it. Yeah. Yeah, please repeat that information for our listeners. Or the conference. Yes. The World Organization of Natural Medicine Conference will present the Humanitarian Health Integrative and Natural Medicine Conference and Award Ceremony. It will be October 26 to 27, 2019, at the Courtyard Marriott Toronto, Toronto, Toronto Markham, Markham area. And you can get more of this information on the website, www wonmwmm.org slash conference www.wonm.org conference 
And then you, if you want to contact us, just go to the same website and use the, the contact link and send us an email on, from the website because we do not accept phone calls. It's, we're still inundated with phone calls from around the world. It's a full-time job to take phone calls, so please do not call <laughs> <laughs> send us an email on the website and we normally answer it within a day or two okay well Dr. M- Dr. Sheila McKenzie I got an education tonight also so I want to thank you for the time you've spent with us uh, tonight and thanks Dr. Jerry Smith for setting this up uh, this was a little different I think our audience uh, has to digest what you had to say uh, we talk about preventative medicine, but not in the basics that you presented. And I think it was a good presentation. I thank you for that. You're and, welcome. And, yeah, and don't run out to Home Depot and buy turpentine tomorrow. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> please contact. Please contact a preventative healthcare practitioner if you would like to. If you'd like to take turpentine, I think they have one of the best turpentine outlets here. <laughs> I think it's in Florida. They have that, um, what is the company called? I can send it to you, Dr. Smith. Okay. They have a turpentine company there in, in Florida that makes turpentine essential oils. I think okay. it's called Rainforest Turpentine okay. or something like that. Yes. I, I think yeah. I could send a link to you. But we, we use one that is in, Flor- that is in um, Canada. And it's the um, it's the essence. It is made from the from the pine tree to distillation. You can't use turpentine that's cut with solvent that you use in the paint. All right then. All right. Well, thank you so much. God bless and uh, thanks for being here. And uh, we. We will have you back, uh, and I'll be a little bit better prepared for you. I had no idea what Dr. Jerry uh, was uh, had for us tonight. I threw you a curveball. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm sticking to my ivermectin. I'm not taking the turpentine. Once a year, ivermectin, two cc's, and I'm done. All right, then. Thank you, Sheila. Have a good night. You, you too. You're welcome. Have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. He's a gentleman, Dr. Sheila McKenzie from Canada, World uh, Health Organization, uh, president, founder, humanitarian, writer. Uh, it looks like she does it all. So this is a little different program. I thank you for listening. Uh, I want to remind our listeners that next week uh, we have an ergonomics expert, uh, Scott Benjamin. He is the founder and chairman of a company called Sit Tight, and his company is actually transforming sitting and making it something that could be healthy uh, by using your body's natural ability to balance. So he will be here next week uh, for an interview and uh, we'll find out more about his uh, product. It has won all kinds of awards. Uh, it, it, uh, it won the bronze award at the 2018 Edison awards uh, ceremony. Uh, he was featured on innovation nation uh, and it is just a, a tremendous product. I saw it, and I said, I have to talk to this gentleman. In fact, I think I, I'm probably going to end up buying one. I'll let you know after the show next week. But uh, next week will be uh, Scott uh, Benjamin. So, Dr. Jerry, thank you for the curveball. I know you <laughs> You're welcome. 
Stephanie, get back to you for your for your April Fool's joke on me. <laughs> but that was pretty. I gotta admit, I did that pretty good. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go to uh, Lowe's and see if they have the rainforest turpentine, and I'm gonna send Absolutely. you a bottle. I'm gonna send you the bottle. <laughs> I'm gonna send you the castor oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, uh, Dr. Jerry, Dr. Ron, on Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are on all kinds of podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Blueberry, uh, Alexa. I mean, it's, it's just got to ask for Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, over 300 episodes. The episodes, I would say, and I'll ask Dr. Jerry, but I say the last two months have been just gangbusters full of information that you can use information that can change your life. Uh, Dr. Wong and Dr. Uh, Professor Peskin to be, to, to highlight two of them. Uh, what do you think, Dr. Jerry? Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I I've been uh, questioning uh, all of my patients about the fish oil and, and it's a mind blower when you see so many people who have had problems and when they get them off the fish oils, it renews their energy, their their sense of well-being. It, it, I mean, I'm excited as heck because we're going to put a dent into this whole medical system, even if it's just one person at a time. But it's going to change. It has to because they're just exactly. killing the people. Yeah. Yep. You you don't want to use fish antifreeze, ladies and gentlemen. No more fish <laughs> antifreeze. You need plant-based oils to start with and then your body like that like sheila said your body will take care of it your body is the best pharmacist in the world provide you get provided you give it the ingredients it needs so with that sermon i will see you and uh, next week scott benjamin have a great week and see you on the radio hey ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to dr ron unfiltered uncensored with Dr. Ron and Dr. Jerry. We are here each and every week to bring you medical news that you can use and medical news that you will not hear on the mainstream media. We hope you enjoy our podcast and we hope to see you on the radio next week. Have a great one. Ciao.